Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Trent McWicket is lonely on the lead. He's up by four on the outside. Don't tell me again. Cutting into the margin, but it's McWicket four years later back at the top of the sport. Homicide Hunter who sweeps past to the outside. Homicide Hunter trotting into the finish. It's Homicide Hunter who will hit the line. 148 and 4, the fastest trotter ever. Dewey did done good down the boulevard of broken dreams. Walter Meister coming at him. Walter Meister on the outside getting the best of him. Walter Meister in front. Giddy Three wide, all bets off. They're at the top of the stretch. Rocket Ron turns first in the Battle of Lake Erie. On the outside, bit of a legend. Rocket Ron, bit of a legend. On the outside, bit of a legend. This year's battle champion, 23 and 1. Homeward bound in Gold Cup and Soccer, 59. Somewhere, Penty, rocking in heaven. Rose Run West is there. Here is the French connection. The alerts have won it. Fine. Twinkle takes aim in the passing lane. Now Caviar Alley in full gear outside. Sharton start a feeling. Caviar Alley all out. Sharton digging deep. Sharton's going to dig in here and get the win here. Sharton up on the front end. Then none shall pass for Tim Dietrich. Giddy-up. You're tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing post-time with Mike and Mike with co-host Mike Carter. Foiled again! Holds on to win! Foiled again, tough as nails! And Mike Bozich. The Iron Horse has cemented his legacy! Giddy-up! And we welcome everybody into this Thursday edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Impet America and the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich joining you. Mike Carter will be with us in just a couple of minutes, and we have got a jam-packed show on tap for you today as we're going to kind of recap the Breeders' Crown, which took place this past weekend at Woodbine Mohawk Park, and what a Breeders' Crown it was. Some great, great memories, and we're going to talk to two individuals today that really enjoy themselves for Breeders' Crown 2019 trainer Tony Camilleri, who uh, had a win with Dance and Lou. So we're going to talk to Tony uh, just uh, coming up here in a couple of minutes, a name that a lot of people may not be familiar with. She is making her post time with Mike and Mike debut today, so we'll learn a little bit more about her. And, of course, we'll talk about that Breeders' Crown victory with Dance and Lou in the three-year-old cold pace. Another individual who is a friend of the program, somebody that's been on this program quite a bit, Andy McCarthy, will be joining us for 
uh, Breeders' Crown Trophies for Andy McCarthy. So it was a memorable two days in Toronto uh, or at the uh, Mohawk for him. So we're going to talk to Andy McCarthy here in just a couple of minutes. Plus, it's our Pacing for the Cures segment, our monthly Pacing for the Cures segment. We're going to be joined by Elizabeth Cheeseman, and she's going to talk a little bit about the big dinner party that is coming up. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, this thing has really turned into something special. It is the uh, annual dinner party uh, in Harrisburg coming up on Monday, November 4th at 6 p.m. We'll talk to uh, Elizabeth about that. Plus, we're going to be joined towards the top of the hour by the director of racetrack operations at Dover Downs, John Hensley. John's going to talk about the upcoming meet. He's making his post time with Mike and Mike debut, uh, believe it or not, as well. So he's going to be joining us towards the top of the hour. So a busy show. And uh, we're not going to uh, wait. We're going to get this thing started right now. We're going to take a quick commercial timeout. When we come back, it's Tony Camilleri. You've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post-time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. 
Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. Back on Post Time, Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Mike Bozich, Mike Card will be joining us here in just a few minutes. But joining us right now is trainer Tommy Camilleri, and she has now got a Breeders' Crown Trophy on her mantle. Hello, Tommy. How are you? Good, thank you. Well, that had to be a thrill, dancing Lou. And I have to tell you, uh, of course, we were broadcasting the Breeders' Crown, and I don't think there was anybody screaming louder for a horse than you were as dancing Lou was coming down the stretch. That really had to be a magical moment for you. Uh, yeah, it certainly was. I don't think I was the only one screaming. I could hear the screams from Australia as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about the moment. Tell us about uh, the race. Uh, Dance and Lou obviously raced well. Uh, come home in 26-2. and two. Uh, Give Andy McCarthy yet another Breeders' Crown uh, trophy. I'll tell you what, Andy, what a what a Breeders' Crown he had. But, uh, you know, Dance and Lou kind of had a tough trip, was parked the quarter, then got to the inside, had to come back to the outside. And, uh, you know, tell us at what point of the race did you think that, hey, reality's setting in and we've got a big shot to win this thing? You know, probably not until halfway up the straight because you've got such a good horse as Better's Wish in front and he, he sort of kicked away and and um and and Lou was, you know, at the, the top of the straight, he was still a few lengths off him and I thought, Oh, we're still gonna get a check, you know, but but um then he he sort of, you know, copped a check and got a little bit of interference halfway up the straight and he it just took a little while to, to get him going and I don't know if it was just I don't know, it felt like the louder I cheered the faster he went, so <laughs> But it probably wasn't until halfway up the straight that I thought, you know, he's got a shot of winning it. Tell us a little bit about dancing, Lou. Tell us how, how you guys got him and uh, just kind of about maybe a little bit of the backstory of the horse. Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, um, dancing Lou's owners, I sold them a couple of horses last year when, um, you know, I first came over from Australia and they were sort of looking for a trainer for the colt for his three-year-old season and, they um lucky for me they I wasn't sort of expecting it but they decided to give me a shot and you know it wasn't really smooth sailing when I first got him um his first couple of qualifiers were just fair and and I, I sort of felt a little bit of pressure he was staked for a lot of races and you know you want to just I was thankful for the opportunity and you want to do the you know do well for the owners and I put him in a, a couple of legs of the the PA size stakes races and Actually, his first couple of starts, he he was a little fierce and he choked down. And you know, I just, I just went back to basics and thought I'll um I'll put him in like a non winners or two and get his confidence up. And it was just just sort of what he needed. And and he just kept stepping up to the plate. Like every everything I've asked from him since that point on, he's just just gotten better and better. 
visiting with trainer Tani Camilleri. Tani, tell us, this is your first time on the program, so tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in the sport of harness racing. Obviously, you're from Australia. Uh, love the Australian accent, by the way, but tell us <laughs> a little bit Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you got involved in the sport. Um, so basically, when I was 15, my family relocated interstate. Um, I was grew up in like a a sunny beachside town. Um, I had a horse about 20 minutes away. There was some acreage. So I always had riding horses. Um, for family reasons, we had to move into state and I had to sell my riding horse. But uh, lucky for me, um, there was um, there was a trotting track about a mile up the road from where I lived. And I trudged, walked down there one day and I was, I was so sad that I had to sell my horse. And I'm like, I offered my services and said, you know, I'll just, I'll muck out stalls for free. And initially the, the trainer said, oh, we don't really need anyone. And I was sort of persistent and, and I guess the rest is history. So I've been working with um, Standard Breads now for 15 years and, you know, started as a, a groom and then got to, to be like a traveling caretaker of, run a barn and um I was a lawyer there for a while I had had a I always had a claimer I would do before work and it's only really been the last three years that I've taken on training full-time but um you know it's definitely the best decision I've ever made and tell us about what brought you to the states um you know the the purse money here is so good and there's a there's just a lot more opportunities more tracks and um, you know, us down under people, it's like we feel if you can come over here and make it, you know, you really have made it. This is like, to me, the the, the, the pinnacle of racing. So I thought if I was going to make such a big career change and, and like leave the legal profession, if I was going to give this a good crack, I, I just felt that here is the place that I needed to be. Visiting with trainer Tani Camilleri. Tani, uh, obviously, Dance and Lose, not the only horse in your stable. Tell us about uh, maybe some of the other horses we could look out for in the coming weeks and months. Um, you know, I've actually got his, uh, got his brother now, um, half-brother Dance and Doug. So he's still a couple of months. He's just come back from a break. He's still a couple of months away. Uh, one of my own, Bronski McKenzie, she races, you know, pretty consistent at Yonkers. Um, I've got Fireby, who... I, uh, I sold to Dance and Lose owners uh, last year, so she's now back in the stable. Um, and um, statement made, he's a he's a regular at Chester, so he's he's always thereabouts. And um, yeah, may, maybe uh, I think I'll probably miss the boat for a baby this season, but um, looking at that more towards next season. And and yeah, and uh, Lou's got a couple more more races, and then then he's done. All right. Well, Tani, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. Congratulations. Uh, I know it had to be a memorable Breeders' Crown for you. And uh, listen, we're going to write as soon as you hang up, we're going to talk to uh, the guy that got him in the winter circle, Andy McCarthy. So we certainly appreciate you joining us, Tani, and the best of luck to you in the future. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. See you later. All right, that was trainer Tony Camilleri, and uh, I'll tell you what, as Garnett said, there wasn't anybody screaming louder uh, when uh, Dance and Luke come roaring down the stretch to take the three-year-old cold pace in the Breeders' Crown. So uh, uh, certainly congratulations to the connections. And we're going to talk a little bit more of Dance and Luke because Andy McCarthy is going to be on the program. What a Breeders' Crown. He had four wins in the Breeders' Crown, and we're going to talk to Andy about those wins. Plus, John Hensley uh, from Dover Downs will be joining us at the top of the hour, and Elizabeth Cheese in our monthly pacing for the Cares segment. So lots going on in this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. We'll be back in just a moment.
The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Whitbank Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitbank Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and eighth. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. We're back on both time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich, now joined by my broadcast partner. Boy, Mike, it's been a while. Mike? And, uh, well, it's going to be a little bit later because we obviously don't have Mike Carter. So he'll, he'll be joining us in just a couple of minutes. But uh, somebody that we do have on the program is somebody that – just had one heck of a Breeders' Crown, and his name is Andy McCarthy. Andy, welcome to the program, buddy. How are you? Good, thank you, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, Andy, I got to tell you, I mean, it's it's good to see good people do well, and, and uh, you really had a heck of a Breeders' Crown. Four driving wins uh, on Friday and Saturday combined at uh, Woodbine Mohawk. I know that had to be certainly a special uh, two days and a special feeling for you to do so well. Oh yeah, it's been great. You know, I'm still on cloud nine. Um, it's uh, qu- quite surreal, really. Tell us about uh, I know a horse that is uh, really near and dear to your heart, a horse that uh, you've been driving uh, pretty much all the time, and that's Caviar Alley. Her and Sharton have been locking horns for the better part of a couple of years now, and I'll tell you, she is uh, the last couple of times she has met Sharton, she is. Uh, She's kind of, I don't want to say she's got her number because Sharpton obviously is a good horse, but it was, it certainly had to be a thrill for, uh, I know the connection is certainly for you to Caviar Alley to get that title. Oh, absolutely. You know, I don't think you'll ever get Sharpton's number, but, um, you know, it's nice to be able to get your turn. You know, it's, uh, it's been a great rivalry all year, you know, and, uh, 
like I've said, you know, she's just had the better of us all year, but we've been right there. And, um, you know, I just, uh, I, I think it really is good for racing, a rivalry, a rivalry like that, you know. Um, people people like to watch good horses go head-to-head and, and race each other. And, um, you know, it's it's been a lot of fun, even though we've been on the, uh, the worst half for most of the year, you know. Let's talk a little bit about now. We just had Tani Camilleri on the program, and uh, obviously she was thrilled with uh, getting her first Breeders' Crown title with Dance and Lou. Uh, and here's a horse that, you know, kind of had a tough trip, uh, it seemed like, but, uh, you know, you're able to get the job done. Tell us a little bit about that race as uh, you gunned down Better's Wish in the stretch. Yeah, I, um, I had a little bit of a hard time uh, getting his momentum going there in the last turn. I, I started to move, and... Um, Dave was in a little bit of trouble in front of me holding his horse, so he had to come out so he um, didn't hit a wheel. And, you know, I kind of had to stop him there a little bit and um, just broke my momentum and then it took a little while to get him going again, but um, he's just such a game horse. He, he really is. He's, you know, it, after getting a little checked in the last turn, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to get him going and, and be able to have a chance to win it, but you know the, the the horse really done it himself. He he got going and uh, he knew where the wire was and picked him up. Now on Friday night uh, you had two uh, winners, uh, both for trainer Tony Alanya and in the two year old Philly uh, uh, Trot, the two year old Philly Trot, uh, a horse that I was really impressed with, overcame post ten Ramona Hill. You certainly had to be uh, impressed with that effort. Did that effort kind of surprise you a little bit? You know, it didn't surprise me. I um, going into the weekend, I actually thought she was my best chance to win one. I um, I, I hold her in a high regard as one of the better horses I've ever driven. Um, this this filly's so talented. You know, she just wasn't quite herself the week before. She uh, she was putting in steps, and uh, she just needed to start over the track. And you know, uh, Tony done a great job re-rigging her and getting her smoothed out. And um, you know, I, I thought if she was back on her A game, she, uh, I just kind of thought she'd be too good for him. Really, you know, she's she's been terrific all year, and uh, even getting post ten, I, I still thought it wasn't that big of an issue. You know, I, I know how, you know, freakishly talented she is. And then in the uh, two-year-old Philly Pace, uh, the very next race, you sprung a big upset, a $56 winner with a horse by the name of Reflect With Me, and she absolutely came out of the clouds uh, to get the job done there. Tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, she's got a wicked burst of speed, this one. You know, I got a little lucky there. They mixed it up up front. You know, I, um, I was uh, that, that was probably the biggest surprise, that one, because, um, you know, I, I just knew that I was going to get away back, back of the pack, and... I um, thought, well, you know, I really need things to go my way, and fortunately they did. You know, I think they were down there like 53 and 3 or whatever it was, and um, kind of gave me a chance to, to run into it, you know. Andy McCarthy. Andy, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Congratulations. Four big wins in the on the Breeders' Crown. In the Breeders' Crown, and and uh, you know, like I say, like you say, you're still on cloud nine. It had, I know that had to be really special for you, Andy. We appreciate you joining us, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike. All right, that was driver Andy McCarthy, and uh, we're going to try to get Mike Carter back in here. Mike, can you hear me now? Maybe. I heard you before. <laughs> You heard me, and we just couldn't hear you, right? Yeah, something along those lines. <laughs> well, Mike, it's been a while. Well, you know, if you show up to work once in a while. No, I'm <laughs> yes, it has hey, been I, a while. I, 
I pu- I punched the clock today. I was I was up ready. I was at six in the morning doing all the prep work. I was ready today. I know. I had uh, the payroll assistant told me that uh, somebody random was in the system. They didn't know who you were, so <laughs> we had to you know we well, had to get it fixed. Yeah. All right. Well, Mike, listen, we, it's, it's been a while. Breeders' Crown is over. I know you've been uh, busy doing some things at the USTA, and I know you had some stuff going on, so you couldn't join us for the Breeders' Crown broadcast. But Breeders' Crown, certainly a special two days. We just had two guests on that had really big days, Tony Camilleri and, of course, Andy McCarthy. Uh, Bold Eagle, I brought it. You know, I thought that was some special. A lot of memories uh, made in this year's Breeders' Crown. Yeah, for sure. There was a lot of fun, special memories. Uh, I think the big one, obviously, was the great Bold Eagle uh, in the final Breeders' Crown race. It was really cool to watch him perform. And, you know, I I don't think that anybody really expected the performance we saw out of him. Um, Of course, uh, we all remember the big DQ from Friday night with Poppy Mm Rock Hanover and Tall Drink Hanover. So some pretty big moments throughout the weekend. It was a lot of fun to watch. And you never really see a driver's objection all that often in the sport of harness racing, do you? No. Not well, at all. You know all. what? When that kind of when they when that kind of money's on the line, you know, it's kind of all bets off, right? Yes, I, I would say so. Um, you know, you see the objections obviously a lot more uh, in the thoroughbred game, and you know, it, it's one of those things where you know you're going for five six hundred thousand. It's uh, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah, no question about it. So I have a lot left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. John Hensley is going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And uh, Mike Dover Downs getting ready to open up another season. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a it's a cool little track. I was actually there the other day, passed by. All right, he's got uh, some company coming with him as well. He said earlier, so uh, he'll have somebody uh, joining him as well. Oh, so this is this is a surprise. We have no idea who it is. Uh, his, I don't know his last, the guy's last name, so I won't even give the first name. I'll let John introduce him. Okay, okay. Well, good. So we like surprises on this program. So we'll have uh, we'll have John and company coming up in just a few minutes. Plus the pacing for the Cures segment. Elizabeth Cheeseman is going to be joining us. They've got their annual dinner party coming up in Harrisburg on November fourth. It's at six p.m. and we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hey, racing fans, we all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post up. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. 
Whitback Farm yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. The 2019 lineup features siblings of rich performers and first foals from productive families. In 2019, Whitback Farm is selling yearlings at Goshen on September 8th, the Ohio Selected Sale on September 13th, on Gate September 18th through the 21st, Lexington October 1st through the 5th, London October 19th and 20th, Harrisburg November 4th through the 6th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 7th and 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winbackfarm.com. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Bootenshane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire, is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Beam as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association and Bet America. Mike Carter joined by Mike Bozich and Mike Dover Downs is a special meet uh, coming up in Delaware. Uh, obviously they kick things off with the progress pace and the matron finals and uh, it's always a really exciting time of year for them. Yeah it certainly is and you know one of the interesting things about Dover Downs is first of all if nobody's if you haven't been to Dover Downs it's it's a very interesting setup in the sense that you've got the car track outside of the horse track. It's it's a very unique setup. I love watching the races. I think the racing's really good. The racing's competitive, especially last year. They did a couple of different things, Mike, with their condition sheet um, that really – Made the races, I thought, very, very competitive, a very good wagering product, and, uh, hey, fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. It's, you know, that whole Delaware-Maryland meeting, so to speak, is uh, really interesting to watch. It it really attracts some pretty heavy hitters. I mean, you see horses like Charton uh, qualify at those racetracks, so it's always uh, fun to see them premiered on the center stage. Yeah, no question about it. And right now, I think we're joined by Dover Downs' very own John Hensley. John, welcome to the program, buddy. Hey guys, good morning. Thank you. I uh, I caught the tail end of that, so I, I I'm hoping you were talking about our sheet. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I was just telling Mike that that you know the racing, especially last year, was very very competitive, very good. Just a fantastic wagering product you guys have uh, put up, put together out there. Appreciate that. I've got also joining me is Al Krasuski. He's our uh, assistant racing secretary, director of publicity. Um, been all over the place. Uh, lengthy resume. GM at Garden State Park. Um, knows our game inside and out, so we're really lucky to have him on board, too. And really what Al and I have done in the racing office the last two seasons since we've taken it over, and we're joined, um, fortunate to be joined this year by Mark Short, who's been an assistant with us in the past. 
just did a stint as racing secretary at Harrington, and he's back in the office helping us this year, which will be a, a great help to us so we can really pound a little bit more on the publicity effort down here. But our sheet, it, I don't look at it as earth-shattering, but we try to do a little um, differentiation between the horses that might need a little relief and horses that are really on top of their game, differentiate that with the right-hand column, which is where the purses are, uh, which is where guys tend to look. And uh, so if we can get, um, especially in the what I call the green horses up until six, seven, eight, nine wins, if we can get $100,000 sale purchases um, racing for a little bit more money than maybe $5,000 sale purchases and the talent tends, tends to weed itself out um, and the horses are seeding themselves in those conditions um, with amounts of wins versus a racing secretary or a racing office, um, doing it for them. So I really do try to let the horsemen and the horses seed themselves as much as possible, let them race, try not to penalize them for racing hard and winning um, and, and get the money. We're going to go for $16 million plus here between now and April. So get in, get the money, and, and then go get it somewhere else. That's really what we try to do. Now, John, what does it take to kind of put this meat on every year? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, Dover Downs is special in itself because it has the NASCAR track on the outside and the harness track on the inside. And so, you know, throughout the summer, you've got the harness race or excuse me, the uh, NASCAR racing going on. You've got the infield being used for various things. What does it take to kind of get ready for this meet? It is a very unique property to uh, from that aspect. We are also lucky. The 5.8 oval for racing is, like you said, inside the mile concrete NASCAR motorsports track. Um, we have access to that surface year-round, so it doesn't sit dormant. We're able to shoot our elevations and keep our grades right and keep our bankings correct. Um, and we do a lot of off-season work because we have, again, we're fortunate, we have an outside uh, you know, track superintendent in Jerry Clifton who's very accomplished. He's with us year-round on the payroll. So, the track surface really is the most important. It doesn't sit dormant. It stays there. It gets worked. The unique part of what we do is once motorsports event ends, which is generally the first weekend in October, we've got about a three- or four-week turnaround. So we then convert this place from a motorsports facility that had 50 to 100,000 racing fans um, to a 82-day racing meet, and uh, that does take a lot of moving of steel. Uh, building of dirt bridges. We actually come out of the paddock up a hill and we build a bridge that crosses the NASCAR track on the NASCAR track backstretch. So when the horses go onto the racetrack at Dover, they're physically crossing the NASCAR track. Um, so u unique facility. And for anybody that's been here in the winter, it's, it's a bowl and that wind gets whipping down in here um, as it tends to do in the mid-Atlantic. So, uh, you know, we've got different wind variances and such. There's there's some little nuances to handicapping that, uh, you know, might might escape other facilities. Let's bring Al in. Al, tell us a little bit about yourself. How'd you get started in the sport of harness racing? Well, Mike, it, it's a long, long story, but I started at uh, Rosecroft in the '70s and uh, Liberty Bell Park in the in program department. Then I moved up to the Meadowlands in the same capacity. I went to Garden State Park um, as assistant general manager and um, director of special events with, like, the state fair and concerts. And then uh, Delaware Park, where I was there for 20 years, working in all aspects uh, as far as the racing. I was a uh, uh, placing judge as well as a entry clerk. And then uh, went to Ocean Downs the last couple of years. I know Mike Bow, that's your alma mater, and then was fortunate to uh, join John up here at uh, Dover Downs.
Mike. And we also, I, I did want to mention, I yeah, we must, forgot, we must have lost uh, Mike Carter. I'm so sorry about that. The, Go ahead, Al. Was, had the privilege of announcing the March of Dimes trot. Mike? Now we must have lost Mike Carter again, uh, but visiting with uh, John Hensley. John, once again, uh, you guys, I think, do great work over there at Overdowns. Uh, it's like I said, it's a real good wagering product. How's the handle been over the past couple of years? Speaking from our standpoint, and I appreciate the, those compliments, where, again, the time of the year we race gives us the advantage. We have uh, less competition than our brother track down the road at Harrington. They They really do – race at the toughest time to attract the horse population that we attract. Um, we race for a little bit more money, so we have we have the ability to draw some different uh, horse flesh up here. Um, Handel has been, um, without divulging specific information, since I work for a public company, we don't do that, um, but we have been up about 5% um, per race handle the last two seasons. Um, we had been sliding prior to some of the changes we made with the condition sheet, I'm not for one minute suggesting that um, that 5% is because of that. Um, but to your point, we do believe, and we believe in what we're doing with the racing. Um, what we really believe in is, is allowing the horsemen to race. Um, and the way I believe that, and, and it's all nomenclature, semantics, whatever you want to call it, but I'm not a huge proponent of a non-winner system. That's probably going to sound ridiculous because I'm obviously writing non-winners of money races, um, but I think the industry shoots itself in the foot by advertising, hey, come on out and watch our non-winners of threes. To me, it makes no sense. That's why my non-winners of threes are called winners of twos. Um, it, you know, It's not complicated, it's not involved, and it's not rocket science, but it's why I do it that way. I think one of the worst things we do in our industry is say what I just said. Come on out and watch of all, all these horses that don't win. That's the message we send when we write those classes. Um, that's why I don't write them that way. So, um, you know, I believe condition racing should be limited. I believe you should have three or four money conditions um, because, again, I, I think it sends the wrong message. I think it sends that we've got races that aren't exciting, that aren't interesting, or horses that aren't winning money. And, and that's not what goes on at any racetrack. Horses are winning. Horses are, are earning money. Um, owners, trainers, drivers, grooms. Um, people in the business, this is a huge economic impact everywhere we go, at every state, at every level. So uh, the, the better job we can do um, advertising that, promoting that, I, I think it helps us all. Now, this question for both of you, obviously your stake season starts on uh, Thursday with the Matron Stakes, but uh, you guys got a couple of invitationals uh, that you guys are going to offer as well. Talk about that a little bit. I came in on the tail end of you guys talking about a little mare named Chartin. And uh, obviously she she eats and sleeps around here. Um, and if, if, if we could get her on our surface for something more than a qualifier, um, that would be great. And we've also got a couple other mares, Apple Bottom Jeans, trained by Dylan Davis. Um, the Leishka, trained by Wayne Givens. We've got some nice aged mares in this area. Um, so we've thrown that $40,000 invite on for the 13th. Um, maybe to give them an option prior to some of some of their engagements later in the month in, in November, um, if it's something they want to do, if they want a 10-day, um, you know, head start on something later on in the month, then that's on our condition sheet, and we'll be making some calls and reaching out to some guys. Hopefully, we'll get it filled. I'd, I'd love to to get that race on our program. 
Well, John, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy. Al, we certainly appreciate you joining us, too. The meet starts Monday at Dover Downs. Guys, have a great meet. Hey, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity to come on with you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. All right, that, all right. Thank you very much, John. That was—I think I cut him off, Mike. I, I, I have a tendency of cutting guys off. You do off, that so a lot. You do that <laughs> a lot. I definitely do. But seriously, John is one of the bright minds in the industry, as you can tell. I mean, obviously, he's got a, a couple of different ideas, and he's not afraid to utilize them. And I'll tell you what: over the past couple of seasons, the wagering product there at Dover has been enticing. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of competitive racing action out at Dover Downs, and uh, you know it, they kick off their season with a bunch of their stakes uh, program, and then they conclude it with the Delaware uh, sired races. So, you know, it, it seems like there's uh, stakes action on a pretty consistent basis there. That's right. Delaware was the first state to get slots, weren't they? Uh, you got you got me on that trivia question. I I believe they are. I believe they were the first. State to implement the slots program, I believe. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. No, well, it's you know it's the first state, right? That's that's yeah, the first state. So, you know. First state. Yeah, All right. First well, state, have, first uh, slots, you know. Exactly, exactly. All right, we still have lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Elizabeth Cheeseman is going to be joining us as we are going to talk pacing for The Cure, and they've got their annual dinner party. And this has turned into a big thing, Mike, uh, on Monday, November 4th at the 6 p.m. So we're going to talk to Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth about that, plus lots more. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Mike Bozich, along with Mike Carter, for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a lift chair or scooter to help with your mobility needs? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the Mobility Aid application or contact Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. If eligible, you may receive funding. Mike Are you a harness racing trainer or driver? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2018 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2019 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st through November 30th. For the drivers and trainers that are currently participating in the challenge and donate $100, they will receive a Pacing for the Cure long sleeve t-shirt or baseball cap. For a $250 donation, the driver or trainer will receive two tickets to the annual party. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email Jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers and trainers. 
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America and the USDA. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. It's time for our monthly pacing for the Cures segment. And we're joined now by someone that's on the board of directors of Pacing for the Cure, Elizabeth Cheeseman, Winback Farms' very own. Elizabeth, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys today? We are doing fantastic. And speaking of fantastic, the dinner party is coming up once again, and this is something that has really turned into a good thing, a very popular event done by Pacing for the Cure. Tell us a little bit more about it as it's right around the corner. The event will be held on November 4th at the Best Western in Harrisburg. Um, there's a very nice conference center there, and uh, there will be an open bar with appetizers, and then there will be an Italian buffet, and the food's usually really good. Um, this year they also have a DJ coming, raffle prizes, 50-50, and a lot of other fun activities. And you guys are uh, going to recognize the drivers that uh, continue to support the $1 per win program challenge. That's something that has also been very popular. You guys are going to recognize them. Tell us a little bit about that particular challenge for people that, that aren't aware. So we have uh, – huge list that's growing it seems by the day of drivers and caregivers that have pledged to donate a dollar per win and it doesn't the dollar doesn't sound like a lot but when some of these guys are going out there and winning as much as what they are they sure are adding up for us and now you guys uh, obviously are still accepting any kind of donations uh, raffle baskets other raffle items if if uh, somebody's interested in making a donation for the event how can they go about doing so they can get um, in contact with Jeff Gessick or Janine Gessick. Um, I have their emails and their phone numbers. They can reach out to any of us board members. I'll be at the sale complex um, starting Friday, so if anybody wants to drop anything off to me, I can make sure it gets into Jeff and Janine's hands for the dinner. Now, of course, uh, you are marketing director at Winback Farm. I believe that's your title. I do got a lot of different titles over there. What's your exact title at Winback Farm? Um, I usually go with public relations and marketing. Okay, okay, and obviously you're very talented at what you do, and Winback Farm is a, a premier sponsor of uh, the event. has been supporting Pacing for the Cure ever since inception. So tell us a little bit about Winback Farm's involvement with Pacing for the Cure. We have been very lucky with the stallions that we have and the owners that are behind some of the stallions donating breedings through us for Pacing for the Cure. So Every year they do a stallion auction, and we like we we get together a list for them, and then so then that'll be the the people breed they buy the breeding they they pay a certain percent, and then the following year 
as long as the baby's born live and healthy, they pay this dug fee and all the proceeds go straight to Payson for the Cure. And of course, for those of you that may be tuning into the show for the first time, maybe not aware of what Pacing for the Cure is, uh, basically they're creating awareness for multiple sclerosis. And, and this is a disease that affects 2.5 million people worldwide. Um, and I know this is a little bit kind of special and personal for you, as I know you've kind of taken it upon yourself to really do a lot of work for Pacing for the Cure. Tell us kind of, uh, you know, why it's so special for you, why it's kind of like a purpose and a mission for you personally. One of um, my very best friends, who is also one of my coworkers' father, has MS, and he used to be a trainer driver, and was and like as it, like progressed, his um, symptoms have gotten worse, and the patient for the cure was able to donate a scooter and a lift to him last year, and it really helped him out, made his life a lot easier, made his wife's life a lot easier, and made my friend a lot happier because she's not having to worry as much about her parents and her father's mobility. And once again, if you want any more information uh, for Pacing for the Cure, please visit their website, pacingforthecure.org. And, uh, hey, all kind of information on there if you want to donate or, you know, perhaps if you know somebody with multiple sclerosis that, you know, may need a scooter, once again, visit pacingforthecure.org. Elizabeth, real quick before we let you go, we know this is a busy, busy time for you. Of course, one of uh, Harness Racing's biggest sales in Harrisburg. And and tell us a little bit about Winback. I know you guys are going to have a heavy presence there as always. Uh, we are selling over 70 horses this week. Um, I mean, this coming week, we have select sale, we have yearlings in the mix sale, and we also have a selection of racehorses that we're selling if people are looking for something that's already going and proven themselves. And um, we're very excited for the first crop uh, stallions that we're presenting. Um, we have a couple by Betting Line. We have one by Southland Frank. And we have first folds out of some pretty rich mares. So we're pretty excited about the new opportunities these babies are presenting as we continue on with hopefully um, next year being another great year for us. All right, fun, fun time. Elizabeth, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us. And uh, once again, if you need any more information about the dinner party or how to donate, please visit pacingforthecure.org. We'll let you get back to work, Liz. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. All right. That was Elizabeth Cheeseman, and uh, Mike will bring you on in here. Uh, once again, the big dinner party, this is something, Mike, that has just gotten bigger and bigger each and every year. And, you know, the impact the pacing for the cure has had, um, you know, in people's lives by donating scooters and so forth, is uh, it's it's really good to see. Yeah, for sure. They've done some amazing things thus far, and uh, they continue to do some cool things. And, you know, like Elizabeth said, you know, a dollar doesn't seem like a lot, but uh, those wins tend to add up. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up uh, after this time out. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America and the USTA. Back in a moment. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspire is your home for daily thoroughbred horse racing conversation. Join host Jason Bean as he discusses racing from around the country, interviews jockeys, trainers, media personalities, and horse players every Monday through Friday. The show can be found at Twinspires.com or on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Jason Beam Horse Racing Podcast, brought to you by Twinspires. 
And, of course, you can make sure you check out the Jason Bean Podcast. Uh, Jason does a fantastic job, uh, gives you a daily show, so make sure that you check that out. Well, we're going to wrap this thing up. We certainly appreciate everybody joining us. Special thanks to all of our guests that made time to be with us today, Andy McCarthy, Tony Camilleri, John Hensley, and uh, Elizabeth Cheeseman. So we certainly appreciate all of our guests and, of course, you, the listeners who make it all possible. On behalf of everybody here at Post Time with Mike and Mike, we'll see you next Thursday for the first post of 10 30. Night, everybody. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. No!